Welcome to The Daily Dose, where we are currently walking through an overview of the entire Bible. Join us today as we learn the story of Scripture and see God's redemptive plan through Christ from cover to cover. Let's listen to Matt Reister, Director of Christian Crusaders and the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Today we're going to turn the page to the book of Esther, chapter 1. And this is written at a time when Ahasuerus was the king of Persia. Ahasuerus, by the way, is the same guy as Xerxes one. Xerxes one is his Greek name. Ahasuerus is the name they use here. And this is at a time after the Babylonian exile, uh, pretty close in time to when Ezra and Nehemiah took place, although they were in relation to the king that followed Ahasuerus, that was Artaxerxes, if you remember from our podcast the last few days, we've been going through those books. But this is a time where some people, after the exile, have come back to Jerusalem, like Ezra and Nehemiah and others, to rebuild the wall, rebuild the temple. And others, like Mordecai and Esther, in this book, are still back in the Persian Empire and the capital of Susa or other places. And uh, this this is kind of the setting that this this story comes out of. We're going to be in chapter one, verse one. We're going to go through a little bit of chapter one and just kind of some comments about what's going on, which is going to set the stage for a remarkable story. Now, in the days of Ahasuerus, the Ahasuerus who reigned from India to Ethiopia, over 127 provinces in those days, when King Ahasuerus sat on his royal throne in Susa, the citadel, in the third year of his reign, he gave a feast for all of his officials and servants. And so the purpose of this feast was to display his pomp and splendor, the greatness that King Ahasuerus has. And it went on for 180 days, this celebration. At the end of the 180 days, there was another seven-day feast to kind of wrap it up and cap it off. Here's what it says about that. In, during that feast, drinks were served in golden vessels, vessels of different kinds, and the royal wine was lavished according to the bounty of the king. And drinking was according to this edict. There is no compulsion. For the king had given orders to all the staff of his palace to do as each man desired. And Queen Vashti, the queen, also gave a feast for the women in the palace that belonged to King Ahasuerus. So you can imagine what this is like. They're drinking like crazy. It's like party time uh, and everyone's going nuts. Go a little bit further. On the seventh day, this is verse 10. When the heart of the king was merry with wine, he was drunk, in other words, he commanded to bring Queen Vashti before the king with her royal crown in order to show the peoples and the princes her beauty, for she was lovely to look at. But Queen Vashti refused to come at the king's command delivered by the eunuchs. At this, the king became enraged and his anger burned within him. So this is quite a situation. Obviously, the Persians and Ahasuerus and Queen Vashti, these are not people of God. They are not part of God's covenant family. But this is the setting going on there. And, and what happens is the king becomes enraged at the queen because she refuses to come. He deposes her from her throne. And this sets up a circumstance whereby the king and the men around him go looking for another queen who is going to replace Vashti and be given an even better role in his kingdom. This also happens to be at a time when the people of Israel eventually, as this story unfolds, are going to be threatened with extinction by somebody who hates their guts and wants to convince the king to wipe them out. So this is a very fortuitous event where God is sovereign over the events of this outsider nation, this outsider king, 
and he raises up Esther and Mordecai to spare his people. It's not unlike what happened with Joseph way back in Genesis, if you remember that story. And so a couple themes that we're going to find in this book are, one, the theme of God's sovereignty. Here's what one of the commentaries I read said. The way that this story is told makes it clear that even when God is most hidden, he is still present and working to protect and deliver his chosen people. What's amazing about the book of Esther, the name of God is never mentioned in this book. So in a sense, God is hidden, but even, even though his name isn't mentioned, it's clear that he's at work sovereignly orchestrating these events for his purposes. Another theme that we're going to see is the theme of human responsibility. So even though God is completely sovereign, humans like us are responsible for responding to what he's calling us to do and doing right things at the right time, according to the wisdom that he gives us to, and and he uses human responsibility to also bring about his plan. This is what the commentary said. Esther and Mordecai both illustrate the fact that divine providence does not negate the responsibility of people to act with courage and resolve when circumstances require it. So this is going to be a great book. I'm excited that we are in the book of Esther. I hope you enjoy this for the next few days. I want to say one more thing before I sign off. I was studying online Xerxes I, who is a Hasuerus. I wanted to learn more about the context of his reign and kind of how this jived with the scriptures. And I'm on Wikipedia here. Here's what the very last sentence of the introduction of Wikipedia about Xerxes I says. Xerxes is identified with the fictional king Ahasuerus in the book of Esther. That book is broadly considered to be fictional. So friends, (laughs) this should not be a surprise, but uh, Wikipedia doesn't believe that God's word is reliable or true. And frankly, It's an increasing sentiment of a lot of the things that are feeding us information, whether it's the media, whether it's the schools that our kids go to, the universities, whether it's uh, just kind of information that is available. There is a war against the truth of God's word. And you and I need to determine where we stand. Do we think that God's word is true and reliable? Do we think it's inerrant? Do we think that it contains the words of God for humanity, that it unveils God's redemptive plan for humanity, which which culminates in the person of Jesus Christ living a perfect life, dying a death for the burden of the sin that we committed, marking the penalty that we deserve to pay, Mark paid, so that anyone who puts their faith and trust in Christ can be forgiven and can stand before God as holy and righteous despite the fact that we're sinful. Do we believe that scripture is true when it tells us that message? Or are we with Wikipedia or schools or the media or whoever else is trying to undermine this message? I pray that as we study Esther and as we continue this Bible overview, through the days ahead, that we become increasingly convinced of the truth of God's words that will shape our lives and so that it will determine how we live as ambassadors for Christ on this earth for the time that God has given us. Lord, help us trust your word. Help us to live according to it as your spirit leads and guides. Thank you for Christ, the redemption that's ours through faith in him. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The Daily Dose is a partnership between four ministries. First is Christian Crusaders, where you can find weekly 30-minute worship services at christiancrusaders.org, and where you can hear engaging interviews and other content on one of our three podcasts. 
Second is Fresh Wind Worship, whose weekly worship services are available on their YouTube channel, Fresh Wind Ministries, and linked to their Facebook page, Fresh Wind Worship. Third is the Cedar Falls Bible Conference, whose conference videos are available at cedarfallsbibleconference.com. And please consider joining us for our 100th annual conference on Saturday, July 31st through Saturday, August 7th in 2021. If you or someone you know could benefit from an anonymous online Christian mentor, please visit issuesiface.com, which is provided by Power to Change Digital Strategies, our fourth partnering ministry. Please subscribe to this podcast, leave a five-star review, and prayerfully consider financially supporting one of our partnering ministries. And check our episode notes for links and more details. Thank you for listening, and may God richly bless you.